This is your friendly neighborhood author, Jonathan, and you are listening to Season 5 of the Floor Rejects Podcast, The Isle of Artemisia. Welcome back to the Floor Rejects Podcast. If you're just joining me for the first time, um, every week I read a chapter of a story that I've written, and then I discuss it. Uh, Last week was chapter 13 of The Isle of Artemisia, in which Barrett, Crystal, Daniel, Nick, and Anaxos found themselves hiding deeper in the cave from the others. Um, And they did escape that encounter, but not without Anaxos deciding that he was going to get them back to the beach. So without further ado, let's move on to chapter 14. Chapter 14, Destruction. The rest of the day, the next one, and the one after that wore on slowly, painstakingly, with nothing much happening other than the growth of tension between almost everyone in the group. On the third day after the others had come into the sacred cave, breaking into what Anaxo said was their sacred place just to try and find them, he calls for everyone to gather together. Reluctantly, they do. Barrett standing next to him while the other three shuffle awkwardly far enough away for him to feel safe. I'm going to get us back to the beach. I'm going to get them to leave you alone. I thought we would be safe in the cave, but I was wrong. They have changed, Anaxos announces, dropping his line of fish in the river, keeping them fresh until he can cook them. How? Crystal asks, her tone as flat and dead as it possibly could be. She'd been seeming more and more deflated as the days went on. It is best if you do not know. But tonight, I will go to them and get us back to the beach. That is closer to someone finding you, he says. Anaxos, when was the last time a boat passed by the isle? Daniel asks, and Barrett wished his friend had kept his mouth shut. Anaxos lets his mouth fall to a grim line in response. Okay, I will go with. Nick says, stepping forward. Anaxos's mouth sets into a harder line. He was not going to let the man accompany him, and he had made that abundantly clear over the past few days. No, you stay with the group, Baird says, slowly looking up at Anaxos with annoyance. He was starting to grow weary from all the dirty looks and short responses. Anaxos nods very slowly behind Barrett. Stay here. I go alone. Anaxos says tightly, and Nick nods after a few seconds, as he thought through whether he was going to fight the man for the right to go with him or not. We will stay here and wait, but why bother moving us down there? Daniel asks quietly, and Anaxos looks at him as if it was the stupidest question in the world. Food, my hut, and farther from the others, he says. Daniel nods. Crystal, for her part in the conversation, rolls her eyes and goes back to sit on the edge of the river, Nick following. Anaxos lets them leave and begins to walk out, following the river down and out of the clearing, towards the place where they had found the plant growing. Wait, where are you going? Barrett calls, following the man as he silently disappears into the forest. Anaxos doesn't wait for him, but doesn't speed up as Barrett runs after him. I'm going to get what I need, Anaxos says. What you need for what? Barrett asks, struggling to keep up with him. To get you back on the beach, Anaxos says. And Barrett still can't really figure out why Anaxos was so anxious to get back to the beach. 
Anaxos doesn't say anything for a while as they walked, and Barrett doesn't ask any more questions. It was obvious that there was a lot on Anaxos' mind. They trek through the wooded area, following the running water back towards the cliff's edge where the plant grew. When they reach it, Barrett looks to Anaxos, wondering what the next step was. To his shock, the man begins reaching down, ripping up the plant in clumps, piling it all up until all of the plants have been decimated. Then he starts ripping it up in chunks until most of the plant life in the area is gone. What the hell are you doing? Barrett yelps, knowing this plant was not only special, but also the only thing that seemed to keep Anaxos alive. This is how I get us back, he says, picking up the pile of roots and leaves and carrying it back the way they came. Will it hurt them? Barrett asks. Yes, they will grip weak. So I will hide this away from them and get them to leave us alone, Anaxos explains as they come back into the clearing, the other three looking to them with confusion. Anaxos dumps the bundle of plants unceremoniously on the cave floor. And how long will that last? Barrett asks. Anaxos shrugs. Long enough to get you home, he returns, before smiling and pulling the fish from the water, ready to cook them a modest meal for the day. He cleans and roasts the fish, handing them out to the group without malice or anger at the way he was being treated, save for Nick, who he wouldn't even make eye contact with. They eat in silence, all of them ruminating on something different. As Anaxos finishes his food, he stands. I go now. Stay here. Be safe he says authoritatively. Everyone nods, but Barrett knows that he's going to follow Anaxos in case something goes wrong again. Anaxos picks up the plants, and without anything else, he walks off into the forest. Barrett waits a few minutes before following, telling the others he just had to use the bathroom as a tactic. They seemed to buy it as he snuck off, but he didn't really care either way. What he cared about was making sure that no one hurt Anaxos, and he knew his friends weren't particularly keen on the idea of playing hero to a man they suspected of something devious. Barrett carefully maneuvers through the woods, following the sounds of Anaxos crunching through the brush on the forest floor. Barrett had gotten better at this out of necessity, knowing if he didn't, he would be lost any time he went anywhere on the island. So he learned to listen more carefully and intently, and before long he could see Anaxos. He watched from a safe distance as the man trounced through the forest, looking around every so often to make sure he wasn't being followed. When he did look around, Barrett would dash behind a rock or tree, making sure he wasn't seen. Then, when they come to another, smaller clearing, Barrett watches as Anaxos stops at a tree. This tree in particular looked dead and withered, ravaged by too many rough storms out of the sea. Anaxos drops the plant yet again and begins to dig with his bare hands at the base of the tree. It seemed to be a particularly arduous process, one that Barrett wished he could help with, but he couldn't risk being seen. So he just stays extremely still, watching as the man buries the plants at the base of the tree, covering up the hole and sweeping pine needles and leaves over top of it to camouflage. He then dusts off his hands, looks around one last time, and continues on his way. Barrett follows. As they progress through the woods, Barrett can sense that Anaxos is slowing down, and eventually they stop. Barrett farther back as Anaxos steps into the run of lanterns that signify the other's encampment. No one comes around. No one seems to be there until a bright flash comes from Anaxos's eyes, and then suddenly people begin to crawl out from their little thrown-together ramshackle huts, out from behind trees and from the other edges of the forest. Anaxos says something loudly in Greek, something Barrett doesn't understand, and the others freeze. Then one man steps forward. He doesn't have anything to signify it, but Barrett can tell from his walk alone that he is the leader. 
The man barks something gruff at Anaxos, who returns it. They go back and forth, arguing loudly, causing all the birds and nearby trees to scatter. No, Anaxos shouts at one point and holds up a little piece of the plant, something he must have kept when he stashed the rest of it. The others all cower, looking to their leader as Anaxos says something in Greek again. The leader steps closer to him. Barrett tenses up, ready to spring into action, even though he had no weapon and no plan. The leader looks Anaxos up and down, his eyes unreadable from a distance, and then he says something in a low, angry tone. Anaxos, ever calm and cool, says something back in a matched voice, his body language telling Barrett he was gearing up for a fight, but it never comes. After a few moments of sizing up and staring Anaxos down, the leader steps back, saying something in a marginally softer tone. Anaxos nods, speaking for a long time, eventually seeming to ask a question. The leader looks around at the group of people, seeming to look at each and every one of them before turning back to Anaxos and nodding. Anaxos smiles and tosses the last of the plant on the ground at the leader's feet, who scrambles to pick it up, dusting it off and handing it to a nearby person who scurries off with it. Anaxos then turns, and when he does, he catches sight of Barrett, who doesn't move quite fast enough to avoid being seen. Anaxos doesn't say anything, and instead walks right past him, continuing deeper into the forest as the others all begin to gather around the leader, asking him a million questions in a language that Barrett couldn't understand. The leader attempts to calm them down, and Barrett wants to wait and see what he says, even if he couldn't understand it, but Anaxos continues past him, and so Barrett turns and hurries after him, content to know that they were headed back to the beach even though at the back of his mind he had a sneaking suspicion that the others wouldn't hold up the end of whatever bargain was just struck with them. Barrett rushes now to catch up with Anaxos, the man stomping through the grass with gusto now that he doesn't have to hide what he's doing from the others. What did they say? Barrett asks. Nothing important. They will leave us alone until you leave, Anaxos says. And then what? What about you? Barrett asks, and Anaxos shrugs. I will be fine. I'm going to hide the plant until you get off the island, Anaxos explains. He doesn't seem concerned with the idea that the others will come for him once the deal is done. And then what? Barrett asks again. Anaxos stops, looking at him intently. And then I will figure something else out. Do not worry about me, he says. And Barrett shakes his head. No, you have to come with us, Barrett says. And Anaxos shakes his head. I cannot. It's been too long, and I don't know if I would survive that, Anaxos says. And Barrett takes one of his hands gingerly, almost out of an instinct he didn't realize he had. You have to come with us. Seriously, X. They will come after you. You just destroyed the plant, keeping them alive, Barrett says frustratedly. Anaxos rolls his neck and begins to walk away, but Barrett holds on to him. X, Barrett says, almost pleading. He didn't want to leave the man alone. He felt bad for him. He was worried about him. He had already had enough time to start feeling a bond with him. But Anaxos pulls away without saying anything. He walks away, back towards the cave, and together they don't say a word. Anaxos is unreadable, and Baird is worried that the man had just doomed himself. So what do I like about this chapter? Uh, I like that it's a little longer. It's a little longer than the past few chapters have been. It's about 2,000 words, where the last few chapters have only been about 1,500. I'm trying to get myself back into the habit of writing longer chapters because it's necessary. Um, but I keep using Delta 8 and then getting 
a little stony baloney and then not finishing my chapters on time. And I need to work on time management. So that's something I do need to work on. Um, I like that something happens in this chapter. Like last week something happened, but this week is like a big important step. It's the biggest step to getting them back towards the beach. And I like that in this chapter there's kind of a mystery like why does Anaxos want to get back to the beach so badly? No, oh, sorry, I have the hiccups. Why does Anaxos want to get back to the beach so badly? Why is he so intent on getting them all back there? We're going to find out later on. In fact, I don't really know why he's so intent yet. There's got to be something causing it. Otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, the other thing I've still got to figure out, and really that's all I liked about the chapter. I, it's, It was a means to an end. Um, some things I need to figure out is, one, why Anaxos wants to be back at the beach so badly. I need to go through and kind of storyboard and plan stuff out because I haven't been doing that, and it's, it shows. You know, it shows that I haven't been <laughs> planning things out properly. Um, let's just hold for that plane. Uh, something else I need to figure out is how the hell they're going to get back. I've toyed around with a few different ideas, like are there boats somewhere on the island? Do they take the broken down boats from the others and turn those into a boat? Do they build a raft? And I, I just don't know what the solution is gonna be for them getting off the island. Again, should have planned it. Let's see what I originally wrote in my intro, or my um, outline as to how they get off the island. Did I even plan that out? Let's see. Um, okay, yeah, so I did plan it out. Uh, oh, that's not a bad idea, actually. Mm hmm. Yeah, okay. So I do have an idea as to how they're going to get away, but it's a little messy. It's a little uh, difficult to, to deal with. Um, Something else I need to figure out is what's going on with Nick. I know what's going on with Nick. I know why Anaxos doesn't trust him. But what I'm trying to figure out is how to reveal that as a part of the story, you know? Because it's pretty it's pretty obvious as to why Anaxos doesn't trust him and why he thinks he's bad. But it's kind of like, how do the others realize that? Because Crystal is under Nick's thumb and Nick has got Crystal under his thumb. So that means Daniel's also under his thumb. So the only person who isn't under his thumb really is Barrett and Anaxos, but Barrett from this group. Um, and Barrett's under Anaxos' thumb. So it's kind of like two groups. It's like two groups at odds with each other. We've got Anaxos and Barrett on one side and then we've got Nick, Crystal and Daniel on the other. And it's like, who's going to win? But the thing that they're all kind of at odds about is, is Nick, really, is, is his presence there. So I need to figure out how to reveal Nick's true motives and then progress that storyline. Because it's, it's kind of its own separate storyline. Um, something else I need to figure out. What else do I need to figure out? Um, I need to figure out if Anaxos can even get off the island. In the whole world-building aspect, I haven't done the best job building this world and setting out all the rules. Like, maybe the way that I deal with it is Anaxos doesn't know if he can survive because no one's ever tried to leave before. Maybe that's it. Um, or maybe he can't survive because he'll start aging rapidly. Call me the Vampire Diaries, but that kind of works too. 
Um, I don't really know yet. I need to kind of build up those, those processes and, and that part of the story before it ends, you know, because otherwise I'm leaving all these loopholes open and I'm painting myself into corners that I just bust a hole in the wall to get through um, instead of painting myself in a way that I can get around issues. Um, but those are some things I, I still need to work on and deal with this week. Um, as far as the story, that's pretty much it. I want to ask, what have y'all been watching? Can somebody tweet me some things to watch? Because right now I am watching The Good Witch on Netflix, which is a Hallmark original show that also spawned, I think, eight Hallmark movies and seven seasons of this show. And it is the most ridiculous, outlandish show. It's so wholesome, but at the same time, these the people on this show are so ridiculous. I just, I love it. I love it's It's camp is what it is. It's truly like Americana camp, like morals camp, if that makes sense. Um, so I want, to, I want some recommendations on new things to watch. I want some recommendations on some queer books to read. I want recommendations on like, what I should be doing with my life. Like, what what would I be good at? Um, my Etsy store, I reopened it, Floor Rejects on Etsy. You can go there, buy some of my printable art, put up on your wall if you want. I just put out three new um, digital oil paintings um, that you can put on your wall if you want. Uh, I think it would be brave if you did because they're pretty explicit. Um, but that's pretty much it. My neighbors have decided to come home and scream outside today. So I guess I will end my podcast chapter here, um, and I'll be back next week with a new chapter of the Isle of Artemisia for you. And I think I might do some restructuring on the podcast. I'm thinking I might change the schedule up a little bit. I just don't know yet, but I'll decide this week and let you know next week. But until then, I have been your friendly neighborhood author, Jonathan, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.